0: Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our purpose statement at Bridge Church is to reach people where they are and help them grow. We hope today's message inspires you towards growth and we pray it's life changing. And we hope to see you soon. Well, we're honored to have each of you who are tuning in Uh, Wherever you're tuning in from, we praise God for you. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here at Bridge Church. We want to let you know that we're beginning a series, a new series. But before we get started in that new series, I want to let you know an announcement that is really important to us. As a church, it makes all the difference in the world for you to be able to make sure that you are being cared for. That's our job. Our job is to care for you. It's your job, though, to put yourself in a position of care. And so what we want to do every week, we have... online groups or city groups, but we always take the first week off in order for all of us to come together. And normally we would gather together here in Brooklyn, but because we're not able to do that, what we're going to be doing is we have our first Tuesday, Word and Worship, that's going to be happening uh, on Zoom. And so we have an event that we've created on Facebook. There's a Zoom link on there. Uh, We'll also later on be giving you some more details in the announcements we ask that during that time you you save that announcement. Make sure you get the Zoom link. That we want that atmosphere to be like a family meeting. We want to make sure everyone's doing good. So it's going to be like a family check-in. So please be there. Uh, that's going to be Tuesday seven uh, seven thirty Tuesday at seven thirty on Zoom, and we'll have the more information for you. Several years ago, <clears throat> as I get ready to introduce our series, several years ago um, we had this thing called Soul Cafe. Now, Soul Cafe was something that we made up because we couldn't get our church service to actually happen at the normal time we were doing it. So what we had to do was we had to make up uh, a service because we were going to be back at seven o'clock instead of four o'clock. So we just said, Hey, you know what? We'll get some round tables out. We'll get some uh, coffee and we'll call it Soul Cafe. So we, you know, we made this thing up. Once we did Soul Cafe, uh, I decided that I needed to do an icebreaker to start the night off. So we had people around tables and, and, uh, we, you know, we, we, we set it on like career. So we were going to talk about people's career and how God can use them in their career. So on and so forth. So what we did was, here I am just kind of making this up as I'm going, and I decided, you know what, let's do an icebreaker. So whenever you do an icebreaker, the point is to get people talking, right? To get some kind of conversation. But you know, it's just to get, you know, going into the other thing you're about to do. So we get this icebreaker going, and this was the icebreaker. All I wanted to know from people was red, yellow, or green. We to use a traffic light, to tell me where you at in your career, red, yellow, or green. Green, obviously, is go. You are going exactly where you thought you'd be, and you are moving along at the pace the way you thought you'd be. Yellow was kind of in between. It was like I'm going slower than I thought, or I'm kind of stuck. So yellow was kind of a twofold, you know, I'm kind of stuck or I'm kind of slow. And red was, I'm not going at all. I don't see myself moving in the direction I thought at all. So again, um, I'm presuming this is going to be five minutes. Well, all of a sudden I look around at these round tables and I say, you know, you as a speaker, you get up there, you say one more minute. And if you've ever been a facilitator and had this happen, it's, a, it's actually a good thing. I said one more minute and people look back at me. You know, we need more time. We need more time. So I was like, cool, cool, cool. Get some more time. So then I started going around to the tables And people were crying. And this thing turned into a therapy session. And so all of a sudden, I thought we were going to be five minutes. It turned into 20 minutes. And I was surprised that so many people there, very few said, I'm a green. Lots of people said, I'm just kind of stuck in this job. I thought I was going to be a musician. But I mean, I, you know, I'm kind of working at this other gig, but I never thought I'd be here. You know, I worked my entire academic career to be at this one place. I, I never thought I'd be here. And then there were other people like, I, I, I'm just kind of stuck. I mean, I, I, I have a job. I'm eating. I mean, yeah. But I mean, I don't like what I do. And once... that was at the very beginning of the church but once I really started to do ministry here in Brooklyn of all places New York City is one of these places where people have a very hypersense of not only career but just a hypersense of life of what they wanted to do well that issue of being in the middle kind of like at that yellow and red was not only for people's careers it was also for relationships it was for how people thought friendships were gonna work out, how they thought marriages were gonna work out. For a lot of people, it's how they thought their kids were gonna be by, the, by this age now. And so for a lot of people, I've found that one of the things that we have to deal with is the fact that this is not changing anytime soon. I'm kinda of in the middle of this personal crisis and I don't see myself moving on. And the fact of the matter is, is that now we're in this moment because of COVID-19 here in Brooklyn, here's the truth. There are some jobs that are not coming back. There are some places of, of work, um, you know, places that you rented out. You're, you're not going to be able to get your store back. And the reality is, is that for us, there is a new normal economically and socially that we're kind of being placed into. And for many of us, we are going to be stuck in a situation and we feel the weight of suffering. Not only that for the economy, but spiritually, some of us may feel stuck. You know, you think to yourself, man, I thought by now I would be over this sin. Like I'm still doing some of the same silly things I did 10 years ago, five years ago, and I don't see any movement the way that I thought it would be. And what makes matters worse is that you see people being blessed by God with things that you've been longing for. The very things that you've been dreaming about, the person right next to you is getting blessed. Or you see it online and you're just amazed by how simply people are able to just experience these great things from God. And you try to talk yourself out of it. You try to think yourself out of it. You try to pray yourself out of it. And You don't want to do the wrong thing. You don't want to start drinking. You don't want to start wilding out. You don't want to leave God. But he has just simply not met your expectations of life. And what do you do? What do you do when God has not met your expectations? What do you do? You know, because all our music tells us, you know breakthrough is possible. You know that God could turn it around and you know that God is a way maker, but where is your way? And it is in those moments that we feel the weight of suffering and we feel confused. Maybe the weight of what we really feel is care. Does God care? Does God see me? Does God know what I'm going through? And does he care for me in the middle of this while I am stuck? You feel confused. Some of you have left your faith or faith community because you didn't see God come through, but others of you are just barely hanging on because you just can't deal with another moment where you see God working it out for someone else. And meanwhile, you sit there wondering, when is my time? Today in the scriptures, I wanna look at what I would consider just an unusual or unique blessing. It's actually a blessing I don't think we talk about enough, a blessing that is kind of hidden in the scriptures and we're gonna unpack it today for us to be able to see the full picture of what you do, and what happens to you when you still trust God and you don't see him moving on your behalf. If you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, that's where you'll be able to find and hang with us. Matthew chapter 11. <laughs> Now, the context here is very interesting in that Jesus is preparing the disciples to go out and to do ministry. And he's telling them about not being afraid. And he's telling them about persecution and how all these things will be happening. And so he's telling them, this is how you be on mission for God. And then in Matthew chapter 11 verse one through three, um, it says, when Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. So Jesus now is preaching. And then in verse two, it says, now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, are you the one who is to come? or shall we look for another? Now, you have to understand one of the things that it says there is that John, look, look what it says, John is in prison and John hears about all the deeds that Jesus is doing. And so the first thing he says is, listen, I'm going to tell my boys, go ask Jesus this question because I'm really concerned right now. Are you everything I thought you would be or do I need to unhook my life from you and find someone else because I do not see you doing the things I thought you would do? My expectations in you have not been met. I don't see you moving in the way that I thought. So maybe I ought to choose another Messiah, another leader, someone else to follow. Are you the one or should I look for another? And if, you, if we are honest with ourselves on this faith journey, if John the Baptist asked that question, you will ask that question. Is this really worth it? All that I'm going through, all that I'm facing, all that I'm suffering, all that's working on me right now, have I made the right choice? Is Jesus the one that is to fulfill my life or should I just look for someone else? Well, see, the reality is, John, of all people asking this question, should humble us. John, y'all remember John? I mean, y'all, we're going to come back to the book of John, right? But y'all remember John, right? John is this amazing person, John the Baptist, that is. And, and this is what John the Baptist says in John chapter 1 Verse 29, this is what he says about Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He says, after me comes a man who ranks before me. He says, for he was before me. In essence, saying he's God. He says this in John 1. He goes on to say, I saw the spirit descend as a dove from heaven and it remained on him. So he's completely convinced in John 1 that this is not only the Messiah, this is God. Not only that, do you remember John's ministry? John the Baptist was baptizing people. His ministry was popping so much that people started competing in their minds whose ministry was more prolific, Jesus or John's. And John's the one that said, I must decrease so that he might increase. I must decrease so that Jesus can do his ministry because Jesus, y'all, everybody, everybody, I'm the cheerleader for Jesus. Everybody come look at Jesus. And now John, the one that was a cheerleader for Jesus, doesn't want to be a part of the game anymore. John, and <laughs> well, you think, oh, well, that was John's perspective about Jesus, but what did Jesus think about John? Well, Jesus says in Matthew eleven eleven, 11, truly, this, Jesus Christ says this, truly I say to you, among those born of women, is there another way to be born? No, born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Now, think about that. When Jesus says, no one's greater than you, like we sing that to Jesus, like, no one is greater than you. We sing that to Jesus. Jesus says that about John. No one's greater than John. So what he's saying is when you look up all humanity, you will not find the character, the spirituality, nor the resume greater than John the Baptist. So that's what Jesus says about John. Well, why are you in prison, John? Why are you in prison? How are you in prison? So we have to understand the backstory here. John is in jail because he was criticizing the king. You had there uh, one who was known as Herod uh, Antipas, the son of Herod. And Herod Antipas ran off with his brother's wife, his brother was Philip. He ran off with his wife, who was actually his niece, praise God. So that all that, and her name was Herodias, right? So what was happening, if you look uh, in Mark 6, in Mark 6, verse 18, uh, it says, for John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And in verse 19, it says, and Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death. So this is why he's in prison. See, when prophecy is your gig, the consequences, you make people upset, right? And so when he was prophetic and everything was working out and he was speaking the truth and he was rebuking people and ever all the crowd was there, but that same gift now has him in prison, see? You see, so ministry when it had a crowd was amazing, but now there's no crowd. It's him in prison by himself. And now he's been speaking the truth. And prison isn't one of these things where there's cable. Prison is one of these places where, you know, if they didn't bring you food, you did not eat. And so all you had, all you had were people coming to see you. And what we understand about the prison that he was in, it's this place called Machaerus. And Machaerus is out in the middle of the desert. And so when you think about what Jesus is going to do, when he hears that John is in prison, what do you think he's going to do? It says in Matthew chapter four, verse 12 and 13. Now, when he... Jesus. When he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea. Now, you got to remember Jesus and John are also cousins. So this is family. And so John is in prison, and the first thing that Jesus does, I want my Bible to read, so Jesus went up to Machaerus, broke him out of prison, turned the people into doves, and all of a sudden, John and Jesus went back to Capernaum together. That's what I want it to say. Because I want to believe that Jesus breaks out everyone from circumstances they don't want to be in. But here's what it says. And we, we put a, we, we, you know, we all fancy, we got a slide up there for y'all at home for you to see the map. You see, right there, it says on, um, that he went up over by uh, Caesarea. Um, and there, uh, there's Macarius, And when you look there's also Capernaum, there's 130 miles from where he was and where Jesus was. In other words, there's this huge distance. And when you look in Matthew 11, four and five, here's what it says. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear and the dead are raised and the poor have good news preached to them. Now, y'all, John's been in prison for over a year and he's sitting there in prison and he's hearing about all these incredible things that Jesus is doing. And he's heard that Jesus is all the way up in Capernaum. And so he's thinking to himself, How can I end up seeing Jesus? How am I going to get out of here? I mean, people who end up in prison die. And so he thinks to himself, y'all go and ask him, are you the one? Should we look for somebody else? And do you know what Jesus told them? Jesus said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, um, blind folks, they see and you know, deaf people to hear and, you know, other versions say people, you know, prison, people in prison having good news spoke to them. Yeah. And I know the disciples were like, oh, all right. So you are the one. Yep. You blind people. Yeah. Mhm. Oh. So, John. Yeah, yeah. He's going to stay there. Yep. So what should we tell him? I'm the one. Don't look for nobody else. I'm still the one. The one he preached about, that's still me. The one he put his life in, that's still me. Yep. Bye. And they went back and they had to tell him that is, even though he's not going to rescue you from this, he's still the Messiah. He's still good. Y'all ever think about, y'all ever think about this? Looking in verse four and five, y'all ever think about this? In verse five, when Jesus says, the blind receive their sight. Y'all ever read the story? Like, okay, let let me, the other week, we were talking about the paralytic, you know, the dude over by the pool at Bethesda, if y'all remember that story, and he's down there and, you know, Jesus comes up and he says, take up your mat and walk. It's a great story, right? And we're like, I need to take up my mat and walk. Oh my God, God could do anything. You remember that story? We feel good. All these different stories in the Bible. Do you know that the paralytic was not the only paralytic there? That it was a crowd of paralytics? And don't you think that they were like, what about, what, a, what about me? That don't you think word got out? Because blind people can hear, amen? Don't you think word got out that Jesus heals the blind and they were like, hey, what about me? Do you remember the story about the woman with the issue of blood and there was a crowd around her and she went and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and the power went out of him? Do you think she was the only one that touched the hem of his garment? Do you think that she was the only one that had an issue of blood? You see, Jesus blessed individuals in the crowd, but the crowd wasn't always fully blessed. If blessing is only physical and material, then God only blessed some. What do you do when it seems like everyone else is getting blessed except you? The blind are receiving their sight. Well, I'm still blind, though. The lame are walking. Yeah, I'm still lame, though. People are being healed, but I'm still broken, though. What do you do? You do what we do. It feels horrible. Are you the one? You know, the one. I I saw my life working. I mean, God, I started praying, and it was working. I, I prayed, and I got a job, and it was work. You were working. Me and you... It, And then all of a sudden, I go into this other season of life. That prayer thing stopped working. But it did. It still worked for her. And it worked for him. And here I am. I'm trying to see my life change. And a girl came into the small group the other night. She talked about she prayed for keys and found them. I'm like, come on, God. I'm praying for life change. What do you do? And this is what Jesus says. And this is a blessing that we rarely talk about. A blessing that we're not, we're uncomfortable with. Because we, we you, you can have whatever theology you want. We all have an element of name it and claim it in us. We all want to see God do the thing we want to do. And we should because he says we should ask. But here's what Jesus says. In verse six of Matthew 11, Jesus finished speaking to them, and I can presume they walked off to go tell their boy John that it looks like you're going to be here. And Jesus says, Listen, this is a verse you should become well acquainted with. He says, And. Now, that's very important he put that and there. Because he talked about healing the people and all this other stuff. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Now, some of you have in your versions, uh, blessed is the one that doesn't stumble because of me. Another way to put it is, blessed is the one that doesn't get tripped up because Of me. Blessed is the one that doesn't have a downfall because of me. Blessed is the one that isn't shocked by my presumed absence. Blessed are you when you continue to walk and you are not offended by my seemingly in depth absence when it seems like I am not there. You are blessed. When you continue to walk with God and it does not seem that he has met your expectations. There will be times when God will not make sense and he will not meet your expectations. And what do you do when God's unfolding plan does not meet your expectations? What happens when you continue to trust him? You continue to press into him. He says there is a blessing in those who continue to walk and don't stumble. They're not offended. They don't walk away. They don't cuss him out. They don't reject the entire faith because he did not rescue you from that one situation. You see, part of what I came into when I come into the faith is I know that Jesus saves, Jesus rescues. So I want Jesus to rescue. And the more that you walk with God, the more that you trust God, the more that you experience the blessing of continued walk and pursuit in the midst of being hurt by, his seemingly, uh, by, by him seemingly being absent, the more you receive this dynamic blessing because Jesus saves, but he saves us from hell. And him saving us from hell does not mean he's gonna save us from every hellish circumstance. There will be moments where you go, I got to get out of this and he will not move you. And he is a provider, but there'll be moments where the, where that, where that negative in your account is right there. And God will still bless you because not all blessings are physical and material. He may bless you with peace and he may bless you with joy, but blessed is the one that continues in God, that trusts in God when nothing seems like it's working out. And you think to yourself, well John, look at John. John is this dynamic leader and all of a sudden he finds himself in a prison because he was doing the right thing. And the one that he was doing it for went the other direction. And that means for me and you, that we will come into a moment where we are doing everything right and you will find yourself feeling like, man, God, I don't even see you anymore. I don't feel your presence. When you determine in your mind, God is still good and he is still ever present even though I don't feel this dynamic presence from God. Blessed is the one who does not confuse God's silence As absence. Rather, you trust in God, you press into God and you seek God. How do. um, How can we rest assured? How can we be sure? Well, man, God, I don't don't see you. I don't see you moving. I don't don't know if I can trust you. Because I don't see you. I don't hear you. I hear you with everybody else. I see you moving for everybody else on social media, but I don't hear you, I don't see you. You know what's good? Isn't it good that God wasn't absent when we were silent towards him? Is't that good like? Do you remember that night? I know it's going to be hard. I know you're you're like you're not in church, but you're doing this, this church moment in your home. But do you remember that night? when you like booked sin, like, I mean, you planned to sin. Like you remember you had sin like on the radio and there was sin in the back and there was sin in a hotel room and sin was on nice and sin, like you turned up sin and you weren't saying, God, I want to feel your presence. That was the last thing you wanted. And you were a Christian and you were running towards sin and you're like, sin's going to be good and sin's going to be tonight. And the last thing you wanted was God. And you weren't asking for his presence and you weren't begging to be close. And God's presence was still powerful over your life when you were tuning him out. You see, God's absence doesn't mean silence because your silence to him did not mean his absence towards you. God pursues, God blesses, and God gives us his dynamic presence in the midst of all Our worrisome trials. The scripture says, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Tonight, I pray that you would lay down the offense. I pray that tonight you'd lay down that that hurt. It's different when you've been mad at your parents. It's different when you've been mad at your boss. It's different when you're mad at family. It's, It's different though. When you're mad at God, I'm frustrated with you, Jesus. And tonight you say, I want to receive that blessing. God, let's look to the Lord father. I I pray over those watching and I pray Lord that as you have not met the expectations of some, as we have said, should I look for something else? Should I try something else? Should I do something else with my life? Lord, I, we ask that tonight we would just rest in this verse. There's a blessing when I keep walking, when I keep trusting, there's a blessing. Even though I'm hurt, I'm not gonna stumble, God. Even though I'm hurt, God, I won't walk away. And some of us feel like we're in a prison some of us feel like God has gone the other direction. And yet, trust the promises of God tonight that there is a blessing and we are not offended by you and we don't stumble away from you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message was encouraging for you. We'd also love to hear how God used this message to speak to you. We hear from people all across the country about what God is doing through our podcast, and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at info at You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle for both of those social media outlets is at bridgechurchnyc. Our website is bridgechurchnyc.com.